Fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, O thou of God and man the Son, thee will I cherish, thee will I honor, thou my soul's glory, joy, and crown. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, St. Michael's. It is uh, so nice to be back in the pulpit with you this morning after the busy weeks that we have had and the lives that we have shared together uh, in this parish. I don't know if it's a stroke of luck or just the poor Samarian's plight that I have to follow Pastor Nelson after his passionate sermon last week on Habakkuk, of all things. If you haven't listened to it, I commend it to you. It's amazing. But uh, here I am in this space with you all today. Uh, If you remember back in June, when I gave my first sermon, uh, despite all the happenings of the world that week, I introduced you to what scholars call Luke's travel narrative. Well, friends, it's October and we're still traveling. (laughs) So although we're not quite to Jerusalem yet in Luke's gospel, we are moving closer every week. Today, we meet Jesus on the road as he encounters a group of lepers. While this fairly simple story seems straightforward, it is very easy to miss what is actually happening here. This story is more than just Jesus healing people. It's a story of life and death. A key point we need to remember here as we begin to dive into this story this morning is exactly what it meant to be a leper. Being a leper in this time was a death sentence and in many cases was worse than death. At the time, lepers were thought to be evil and unclean and were therefore excluded from the life of the community. Their daily lives were spent on the margins because they could not do any of the seemingly mundane things that we take for granted, like simply living, worshiping, eating, or talking with friends. The lepers were forced to keep their distance and relied as best they could on the charity of others. And yet, this horrible skin disfiguring disease was probably the least of their sufferings. These people had nothing, very little hope, and all they could do was watch the world pass them by 40 paces away and just out of reach. However, on this day, um, we see the 10 lepers meeting Jesus. As was required by law, they stayed back their 40 paces and they shouted for mercy. No doubt this may have been a common prayer for them. Yet it was simple. Have mercy on us. Jesus granted them that mercy, and he did so without any reason to. He just did it. By granting them mercy, he gave them their lives back. He gave them their dignity. He gave them a gift with no conditions. He simply stood there and watched and waited. By shouting at Jesus for mercy, they had nothing to lose but everything to gain. But while gaining everything, nine of the 10 just kept going. I have no doubt that these people weren't ungrateful because there's no way you could be when your life had basically been given back to you. I can easily imagine these nine who continued running, grinning from ear to ear, laughing and basking in all the trappings of a new life. I can imagine that there were things they wanted to get back to. No, the issue wasn't gratitude. 
The issue wasn't their feelings about Jesus being the most amazing person in the whole world. The issue was that those who had received so much were running so hard in the wrong direction. They were so excited about what they had just experienced and were so filled by this gift that they had received that they had no room for the giver. It wasn't ungratefulness. They were just busy getting on with their lives. As I sat with the text this week, I couldn't help but see it. One of the unmistakable truths of our culture and our lives today. It's not that we aren't ungrateful. We're just busy. And we tend to be running in the opposite direction that we should. After hearing today's lesson, we need to start asking the hard questions of ourselves. Like, what direction are we running? What are we running toward? What are we leaving behind? How often do we stop or even slow down long enough to pay attention, not only to our gifts, and not, but all that we have to do, and also to the giver and the source of all life? Are we so busy running, so busy using what we have that we can see no further? However, one came back. One was drawn towards Jesus and not away from him. Only one. And this one alone received the fullness of what Jesus had to give. Our English translation oftentimes makes these things a little more complicated than they should be. But it makes it, and it's really hard for us to see the whole story. For we all know that the ten lepers were cured. The Greek verb used there is very similar to a medical term, which means that their disease went away and stayed away. Whether they came back or went through the temple purification ritual to rejoin society, they were cured. They were fixed. There weren't any conditions. But watch what happens to the one who comes back. To this person, the one who saw most clearly what was happening, something additional was said. To this one, Jesus told them, rise up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Greek word there is an entirely different word altogether. Made you well is being made whole or complete. It means being saved. Jesus saves this person. By going on their way, Jesus tells them not only has their faith cured them, but they go on their way whole and saved. All 10 were healed. All 10 were given their lives, but it turns out Jesus had more to give than just a simple fix. That's why coming back was so important, because Jesus still has more to give. But you had to be there. Only one was made whole. One was fully made well. All 10 were given their lives back, but only one was given the fullness of life. It is also important to note that the one who came back was a foreigner. The one that changes direction to come back and actually gives thanks. The one who focused not only on the gifts, but also on the giver. This man was a Samaritan, a contemptible and reproachable person of the day. I doubt Luke's notation of this fact here is an accident or a coincidence. 
Because the really tough part about hearing this story is the confrontation with the understanding that if we are ever going to find what the tenth leper found, or if we are ever fully to understand what it means for Christ to look at us and tell us, get up and go on your way, your faith has made you well, then we must also discover what it means to be a foreigner. We must discover what it means to be a stranger. This one who turned around and came back to Jesus didn't fit in like the others. They didn't belong to the dominant culture. They didn't have something to run to or nearly have as much to gain. So having limited option, the Samaritan knew that faith faith costs nothing. They could see beyond all distractions and could see God. Remember here, everyone who seemingly belonged ran the opposite direction. But the Samaritan shows just how well they had, they had become because they went back to the source. This isn't exactly easy to hear. I wonder if we continue to fill our lives with busyness because we all understand that we all have a lot to lose. It's hard to imagine what it might mean to be an alien, to be the person who is one step removed from everything. So I wonder if it's that's why we run so hard in the opposite direction. My friends, what if Christians are the nine, but it's only through true discipleship that we become the one? What would it mean for us to take our gift and truly be well? Because we travel this life's journey, we will no doubt find ourselves somewhere on the road between Samaria and Galilee between illness and health, between exile and return. But rather than remaining with our uncleanliness, keeping ourselves 40 paces from others, Christ invites us to come close and he draws us near. He awaits for our cry of mercy and he responds by making us whole, by restoring us to life with others and by reconciling us with God and our neighbors. I like to think of him scanning the horizon, looking for the people whom he has already healed, who will one day realize that they too are already forgiven, that they too are already being made whole, and that they return to him and give thanks and praise to God. Only the foreigner received all that Jesus had to give. The rest were too busy. The rest had too much going on. And that, my friends, is a matter of life and death. Amen.